0: What is the unconscious tennis lesson find your aha moment right after this do the best you can with everything you got struggle day to day cherish every fight you fought destroy your obstacles remove the blocks got to stand strong can you do Break right breakthrough can you move on wherever you welcome back to find your aha moments I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Are you a new or lapsed tennis player? If so, you're at the right place. Try out my 2020 Beginner Tennis Lesson Series every Tuesday night right in the heart of Miami in Coconut Grove. All you got to do to reserve your spot in class is log on to BackhandCity.com and click on the Tennis Registration link. Each session on Tuesday night starts at 7.30 p.m. Well, today's topic... What is the unconscious tennis lesson? And this came to me today while I was giving a lesson to a new player. This was her second lesson with me. So we're about, we did an hour the other day, and we're about 20 minutes into it. And this is my typical lesson. They've come from somewhere else. They've had three or four lessons with other pros, and things just aren't clicking. And they get to my court, and my job is to install my system and get them going. So everything's going really wonderfully here. And one thing I'm noticing as we're starting to work on her backhand is she's becoming unconsciously deliberate in trying to execute everything that I'm doing. And that's what we're going to dive into is this unconscious level of participation that you're making that obviously you're probably not realizing it's happening but for me as a pro i'm starting to really tune into this more and i think one of the things we do unconsciously is and probably the number one thing is that you're really unconsciously trying to please the pro and do what he or she says as best as you can and that seems like it's a real driving force in what you're trying to accomplish accomplish so there's a lot of mimicry and what i want to try to expose today is kind of some of the not the dangers to mimicry, but how it can kind of inhibit your learning curve. And I think the best example I can use, and I use this a lot with students, when you were younger and you were learning to spell, right, you were really learning to print, let's say, your name. So for me, it was the letter B. And they were telling you when you were young to keep inside the lines. And to do that, you would move really slowly and try to make it as perfect as possible. So you were using mimicry. And I think one of the things I want to—I try to explain to students is, now that we've got the skills, just be sloppy with it. It can just look like a bee. It can go outside the lines a little bit. That's fine. But if you're relaxed and you just keep practicing it, over and over the letter will become refined. Well, it's the same way with your tennis strokes. You've got to relax and just let it flow. And I think there's this rigidness and this, unconscious mimicry, if you will, to make it perfect, just like your pro showed you. So step number two is you got to decipher, and this is very collaborative because the pro has to ask the student some questions, and you got to figure out what kind of learner your student is. Because if you don't figure that out, it's like you're speaking a different language that they don't understand. So you've probably heard of these learning methods before. You're either visual, you're either kinesthetic, or you're auditory, or your combinations of those. So I try to figure that out really pretty quickly. And a lot of it's collaborative. You can see it in some of the things they respond to. And you can just simply ask them, get in their head a little bit. What's going on in there? And that'll give you some insight. And finally, step number three to kind of stay out of this unconscious state, and really be conscientious of what you're doing and how you're learning so you can really free up your learning curve, is I want you to understand the difference between noticing and judgment. Mm -hmm. And what I'm really talking about there is when you're hitting, I think it's natural for human beings to be judgmental on ourselves. We get really excited when we hit a winner, and we spend some time berating ourselves when we make an error. And what I try to emphasize with students is I want you to just notice what's happening rather than judging it. And one good exercise to do that is I'll get really quiet and I'll let them know I'm not going to talk for five minutes and we're just going to hit batches of shots here. And I want you to notice and look for patterns and try to see where it's going and just let your mind notice that, stay out of judgment, stay out of fear of missing don't get too excited if you hit it brilliantly and don't get too low if you miss it one and just notice what's happening. And what we really want to do from this point is then we'll gather after five or 10 minutes and we'll talk about what we noticed. What were some patterns? What were some trends? Where was the ball going? How did it sound? How did it feel? And if you could get into this unconscious pleasing of your tennis pro, your game will really start to become more self-reliant. And your learning curve will really accelerate. Now, I know this is pretty high-level stuff, but it's a perspective I want you to consider next time you're taking a tennis lesson or you're just playing with a friend. Thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. Don't forget to log on to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you get notified each day with a fresh episode. Thanks for listening. This is Brian Lutz of BackheadCity.com.